Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Penn Street. And today we have an amazing guest with us. Um, her name is Molly Brockman. And Molly's going to share her story with us. And she's also going to dive into her connection with art and how that really impacted her life. And she's got some really exciting news um, in, in that area. And I do, as always, I really, really want to thank the Audio Information Network of Colorado team, because without all of their hard work, this podcast would absolutely not be possible. So when we come back, you're going to get to meet Molly. You're listening to Aftersight with Penn Street, an AINC original podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, please visit AINcolorado.org for more shows, news, and articles read by our amazing staff and volunteers. If you have a question for Penn or would like to recommend a guest for future shows, please visit AINcolorado.org slash podcast dash guest. And now here's your host, Penn Street. Molly, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. <laughs> so, Molly, thanks for taking time out of your busy day. I, I know you are a busy lady. Um, I like to start off with just some kind of silly, silly questions so people get to know a little bit about you um, before we dive in. Are you okay with that? I'm fine with that, yeah. If you had a theme song, what would it be? Okay, so I have been thinking a lot about this question Ooh. the last week. Okay. And I can't think of just one song oh okay there are so many that there are so many songs that i relate to and that i really feel like they speak to me Mm. um there's no way i could pick just one just one do you have a genre Um, or or an artist i would say if i had to pick one band it would definitely be shinedown um they just Every song that they sing, it just speaks to my soul. But there's just no way to pick one song. Okay. That's awesome. That actually ta- tells a lot about you just with that. Shine Down. I'm going to have to look them up. I'm not familiar with them. So that's one of the reasons I love asking. I love asking this question because it opens it opens doors for me to musicians and artists that I never would have heard about. So I'll definitely check them out. So thanks for thanks for that. And everybody out in the audience, go check them out as well. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link um, to them on our podcast notes. So look for that. So the next question, would you prefer to order in or dine out? I would prefer to order in now that I am blind. Oh, okay. Okay. What, what kind of favorite food would you order in? Mostly Chinese food. Chinese. <laughs> I ate a lot of Chinese food. <laughs> me, me too. Me too. Me too. Um, and then the the final get to know you question is audio or tactile? Both. Both. Um, I think tactile is very important in in a lot of things. I do listen to a lot of books, a lot of music. Um, I do spend most of my time listening to things, but I also think that tactile is very important. Yeah, that is kind of hard to choose. Um, but, and I, and I agree, yeah. I definitely agree with that. They're both, you know, have their own, own space in our life. And sometimes it's both at the same time. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's great. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those. I know it's kind of a little funky to get it started that way, but it's people seem to like it because it gets to you know s- s- you know share a little bit of light on on who you are and where you're coming from. Um, yeah. So Molly, I, I know you're you're fairly new to losing your vision. It's only been about you know four years, and um, <laughs> I believe it's with diabetic retinopathy. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So how long, when, how old were you when you were diagnosed with diabetes? I was 16 when I found out I was diabetic. Okay. Okay. That had to have been a life change for, for being a, I mean, being a teenager is hard enough as it is, right? But then also to get that diagnosis of of being diabetic. Yeah, it was really hard. I, I went to the hospital and then they said, okay, now you're going to have to take shots for the rest of your life and you're going to have to poke your finger for the rest of your life and everything is going to change. And that was really hard. My youngest daughter was diagnosed with juvenile diabetes when she was a teenager as well. And I, and I've seen what she had to go through Mm -hmm. and um, is still going through. And so I I have a little bit of background, background with that as a mom. um, I know, I know how hard that is. to watch somebody you love go through that as well. Um, so it took it took a number of years for it to mm-hmm. affect your eyes, it seems. It it did, and it honestly probably wouldn't have if I had taken care of my diabetes like I should mm-hmm. have. I spent a lot of years just kind of not caring and having really high blood sugars and having what I thought were more important people to take care of. Um, so I really think that had I not been like that, I wouldn't be in this situation mm. now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is, but you never know, right? I mean, I know people who are diabetic that did all the right things and they still lost their vision. So so don't yeah. try not to beat yourself up about yeah. that one because, you know, we, we can't look back and and say, oh, if I'd have done this, then this would have happened. Because who who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, that's true. And I try not to, but sometimes sometimes it's hard yeah, not to. Yeah, that's for sure. So, so four years ago, you, you went to the eye doctor, and were you noticing some changes? I, Is that why you went to the eye doctor? Yeah, well, the year before I went, I had gone to get my driver's license renewed, and they took away my nighttime driving privileges. Ooh. And I didn't really think anything about it, you know, like, oh, okay, I can't see good at night. That's fine. Um, and then when I finally made the appointment uh, at the, the restaurant that I worked at, there was a Burger King next door. And I looked out my window one day and if I didn't know what that Burger King sign looked like, I would have had no idea what it was. It was just a blur. Oh, wow. And I wow. said, hmm, well, maybe it's time to make an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that had to have been scary. Yeah. It was very scary. When I got there, the doctor said, how did you get here? And I said, well, I drove. Wow. <laughs> he said, you're legally blind. <gasps> you're not allowed to do that. Wow. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. So. Wow. That I mean, it's scary, but it's also amazing how our brain fills in those gaps as we start losing things. Yeah. So how long did it take you from, like, what were those first steps like, you know, once you, they told you this horrendous news? Um, 
Because, I mean, it was obvious, you know, you did know something was going on because you couldn't see the Burger King sign. But but what were some of those first steps that mm. you took so that you could, you know, find your independence again? Uh, well, I immediately they sent me to a retina specialist um, and he did surgeries to try to make things better. And it did get a little bit better for a while. And then it started getting worse again and I just I had to figure out how to adapt to it but it was it was really hard I I had never I never knew anyone that was blind so I had no idea how to even begin to to do things without being able to see them so so how did you transfer over to, did you, did you go to do some training or did you meet somebody that kind of guided you into the resources and services? I have not had any training. Oh my goodness. I got, my, my vision got started to get at its worst point at the beginning of 2020. Mm, oh, not good timing. <laughs> so as I yeah, as I started trying to get involved with the Goodwill Easter Seals and the Ohio Disability Office, everything right, shut down. Right. Wow. I just kind of, I think after that, I just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Mm. I just kind of forgot that that they were working with me. Um, Easter Seals did get me a bunch of adaptive equipment and a blind cane, okay. but that was it. I didn't get taught how to use the cane or any of that. So. Oh my goodness. Wow, sweetie. I can't even imagine. So are you, is, is that one of your goals is to, to, to get that training and so you can feel a little more confident? I would yeah. love to. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I'm not independent at oh. all. That, so. that is so amazing that you have gotten this far in four years. Um, and I know you have just done some amazing things with, with art. And um, can you share a little bit about that? Like, how did you, like, did you, were you an artist before? Or did you like art before you lost your vision? Like, how did that all happen? I liked art. I liked art. I cannot even draw a stick figure. Um, <laughs> but we have here in Dayton, we have the um, National Museum of the Air Force. And that was one of my most favorite places to go. And my boyfriend said one day, we were looking for something to do. And he was like, let's go to the Air Force Museum. And I said, well, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> like, um, and And then I got to thinking about it, like, you can't really go to a museum and touch yeah. anything. So I started, I first I called our local art museum and they said, well, we have audio tours that we can do online. So I could have set up a Zoom meeting and taken an audio tour of the art museum. Oh, but, but so that's not really going to work would be, for me. You would either. be at home? And then you do the audio tour on Zoom. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I said, well, that's not really going to work <laughs> for me either. And I found a couple of places. I believe one was in Colorado and one was somewhere else in the country yes. that had very limited engagements of tactile exhibits. Yes. 
That was it. Yeah, the Chicago, I think it's the Chicago Art Institute. I've been in there, but it, like you said, it's a very Mm -hmm. small, just like a few, like maybe two or three exhibits. I mean, it's neat, but it's, everybody else gets the whole entire museum and you get this little. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I, um, I posted in my neighborhood's Facebook group and I was like, hey, I have this idea. Does anybody think that this would, you know, that this would work, that this would be a good idea? And it just kind of blew up. Wow. And the next day, the lady from the local newspaper called and wow. we were doing an interview and it was, it just took off from there. Wow. That is amazing. It's amazing how fast it happened. So, so you're in the process of getting your 501c3, is that right? For a nonprofit? I am, yes. Wow. Right now I have a fiscal sponsor. Okay. Um, so I can still accept donations, but it's a long process to become a nonprofit. Yes, it is. Well, I'm glad you, you have somebody that's helping you with that. Um, and you And it's called Beyond Vision Art, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Where, where, tell me how you came up with that title. Honestly, I think my boyfriend may have come up with it. Oh, okay. I don't remember. I know we were just sitting around one day trying to think of, of names, and I think he came up with it's, that. It's a great name. That's why I was like, what is the story behind that? Because it's a really good <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> um, so, so tell us about Beyond Vision Art. Is it... Are, are you, you are you doing shows? Are you is it a physical place that people can go? Like it is. So we did our first show in April. We don't have a permanent space yet. That is the goal. Um, but we did our first show in April, and we had about thirty or forty local artists. Wow! That got involved and created art just for the wow. show. We had tactile art. We had a musician. We had a lady that a local lady that makes her own rubs and spices for chicken. So she came and she cooked chicken. Oh, fun! And so we got the smell, the taste, the sound of it frying. Like, just we had so many, all the different senses. Wow! Um, And we had a seventh grade class from a local school that. All they all did a piece of tactile art, and man, some of that stuff was amazing. Really? Oh, Oh, it was so very cool. And we had, you know, some of them decided they wanted to enter their stuff, and it was just some of the stuff we had was it was fantastic. I had one lady; she made these two things that looked like orange slices. But they had, like, one of them had a wind chime hanging off of it and a xylophone that she had made out of wood on it. And there was just all these different things that you could do that made different sounds and that had different feelings. Oh, that sounds amazing. People were so amazing with what they did. Yeah. So it really was. Were they, could you buy them or was it more like a museum for people to come and experience it? No, everybody could sell their stuff if they wanted wow. to. And I think we did have a few pieces that got sold, but, but, you know, that was all up to them. They could sell their work. I didn't want any cut of it oh. or anything. I just wanted people to have the opportunity to do this and and 
get the word out about what we were trying to do. So are you getting creative? Like, are you? No. <laughs> it sounds like you have the, the passion for it, though. But I don't have the skill oh. for it. <laughs> what I did for the show in April, I had, um, I tried candle making for a okay. while. So I had all these essential Ooh. oils. And I picked the essential oils that I wanted to use. And I got blindfolds. And like, one of my oils was... Uh, Fruit Loop oh. scented oil. <laughs> so I had the oil on a cotton ball. We gave him a cotton ball and they sniffed it. And then I had bowls of the thing. So there was like one of them was a bowl of Fruit Loops. Oh. So they had to smell the oil and then find the corresponding, uh, the corresponding bowl so they could feel it and smell it at the same oh. time. And I had blindfolds for the people who could see. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Are the people that are attending the show visually impaired? And then I think that's awesome that you are blindfolding the people that, that can see. I had, I think, three visually impaired people come wow. through this the first show. And I'm really trying to get the word yeah. out. We don't really have much of a community here in Dayton as far as uh, visually impaired okay. goes. So it's really hard to spread the word to the right audience. Okay. Well, maybe somebody who's listening out there, if you're in the, you know, Dayton, Ohio area and you have a connection with the blind and visually impaired community that, you know, maybe they could reach out through to you through your website and maybe connect you to some of those communities. Yes, please do. Please. What, and what's the best way for them to do that? Um, through the website, there's um, a link on the website to contact us, and it takes you to an email. There's also the link to submit art. Oh, wonderful. So it's, everything's on the website. And that's beyondvisionart.com? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, how do you find your artist? Um, the first show was mostly just word of mouth, lots of Facebook posts, uh, Facebook ads, and and just contacting people. You know, like, hey, come, do you want to make some art for this? Um, <laughs> and I guess that's kind of how it's going to work this time. Just getting the word out to the right people. We're running ads on uh, a group of radio stations here in Dayton that we're looking for artists. And I'm going to contact the newspaper again, the people that did the interview the first time, and just try to get the word out that I need some artists. We'll definitely be putting the word out too. So that awesome. will be, that'll be really cool. And when is your next show? It is October 14th and 15th. Oh, okay. And and is it at a particular uh, space or do you have the location? It, it is. It's at a venue here in Dayton called the Landing Party and Event Venue. Uh, it's where we had the first show. The lady that runs that is so generous. And this will be the second time she has donated the use of her space to us. Oh, wonderful. Which saves a huge, huge chunk of money. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so what is your goal with all of this? Like, what, what does that look like for you? 
ultimately, I want to have spaces all over the country. Mm -hmm. I definitely want to start here in Dayton with one dedicated gallery space. Uh, I want to offer workshops to visually impaired people who are interested in learning how to create art. I want to give them a place to sell their art. I want to create the community here that we don't have. And then I want those types of places at least in, you know, the other major cities around the country. Yeah. So it's accessible to everyone. That's great. I, I have a connection. Um, I've mentioned her on previous podcasts, Anne Cunningham, and I would love to connect you with her. Um, she, okay. She's out of Colorado, and she has a similar vision, and she's mm-hmm. not visually impaired, but her passion really is making sure that art is accessible and that blind and visually impaired people should not let that barrier keep them from from either creating art or experiencing art. So I'll make sure I connect the two of you via email. That would be fantastic. Yeah, she's she's an amazing lady. Um, Anne, I know you listen to the show, so I'll connect you, the two of you. Um, so will the, the galleries that you're talking about, like the one you're going to start with, the one in Dayton, that's your dream, right? To start that that, yeah. that one specifically. Will, you, will it be called um, Beyond Vision Art? I just can't think of another It'll, awesome name. So I think. It, well, maybe. It will be a <laughs> Beyond Vision gallery. Ooh, okay. So like the, the first show, we called it Beyond Vision, a tactile art experience. This one we are calling Beyond Vision, Bringing Art Out of the Darkness. So I think each one of those little spaces will have like a variation of Beyond Vision something. Wonderful. I love that. I love that. So like each would be a different theme. Um, Mm -hmm. That would be awesome. Yeah. I, I, I am not an art. I don't consider myself an artist, but... Before I've had low vision since I was nine, um, but uh-huh. before I lost this last big chunk, because <laughs> it goes in chunks for many of us. Yeah. Um, I I yeah I love charcoal drawings and I love fairies, so I created all these and they're they're fuzzy because even when I had vision, it wasn't the greatest of vision, but it's way better than I have now. Um, and I loved doing those, and luckily. Uh, my husband is a professional photographer, so he's very much an artist. And he, my boyfriend, um, is a professional photographer. That's so funny. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling we have a lot in common. Um, <laughs> and he, he, he made sure that he has high res digital. I don't have any. Uh-huh. I don't think I have any of the originals left, but he kept those. And then I really, as when I lost this last huge chunk of vision, I really got into clay. And I started making masks that you just hang on the wall. And oh, oh, yeah. it was so therapeutic for me because sometimes they were pretty scary looking, but that was because I was feeling pretty scared. But then yeah. you could kind of see this transformation as I started feeling more confident and better and stronger. My mask got a little, you know, kind of away from those monster looking ones to sort of the more angelical ones. But I, I'm a huge believer that 
art can take us out of our situation that we're in in a, in a positive way and we can experience and it, it, it's almost like a spiritual thing to me yeah is what is what art is yeah and and i agree with you it is so frustrating i i actually in the beginning i was polite about it but now i'm not is when <laughs> when i have friends or family that are going to go to an art gallery i'll do my research you know okay well if there's not a tactile part i'm like you know what i'm just gonna go park my butt at a nearby coffee house or a park mm -hmm. and you guys go enjoy because it, one it's a waste of money you know yeah and, and i also feel like it almost takes away their experience because if they have to describe every single thing it's, mm -hmm. it's, I, I, it's, I mean, it's tedious for me and I'm just listening. I can't imagine being the best. Right. Do the yeah. My, um, so. my boyfriend does that when we watch TV. Uh, he will do it when we're driving down the road. He will describe to me what's oh. on either side of the road. And I just know that it has to get really <laughs> annoying for him sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I've been oh. with my husband for over 30 years and um he he still says no 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 I I don't mind it. He goes it actually makes <laughs> me pay attention more and I'm like I can't imagine you're you're a saint cuz I I I don't know if I would do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if I would have the yeah. patience. <laughs> um and then sometimes we especially when he's feeling silly, he'll describe things that like, oh, there's a Martian on the side of the road and it's, you know, he'll, and he's <laughs> playing with the cow, you know, just to be silly because we, we, we yeah. love taking road trips, which I do. I love those too. So, um, oh my gosh, it's been such a treat chatting with you, Molly. I always give um, our guests a chance to ask me a question and um, you can ask me whatever you want. Anything, you know, whatever you want to ask. I have so many questions for other blind people because, okay. you know, like I said, I didn't know okay. any. So I have questions yeah. like, how do you do things? How do you know when your clothes match? How do you keep track of your stuff? Stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, you, you need to be very, very, very organized and tidy. Um, and people laugh See, at not. that, but... See, I know, and it's it's hard when you're not. Um, and then, as far as your like your clothing matches, um, there are like really simple things like um, you can put if you don't know braille, but any think about tactile, think about your art. Um, put something on the like the inside tag um, uh -huh. that you know means blue or means black or brown oh, okay. um and now you're gonna have to remember that system right because because you don't mm -hmm. read braille um because a lot of people will put like actually braille out the word you know brown or whatever um and yeah. and i if you <laughs> to me socks are the bane of my existence because yes. <laughs> people will be like well just get all black socks or get all brown so and i was like no i like pink socks with, you know, Scooby-Doo on them. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to go that route. Yeah. So, but I have them organized in my, um, in my dresser, you know, like, okay, these are my funny, goofy socks and I wear those with slack. So it doesn't matter 
you know, that they don't mm-hmm. match anything because they're, you know, um, and then also just get tactile. Like I, I let, like when I go to pick out clothes, the first thing I do is I feel them. Like I feel the texture. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of times, um, you know, I'll, I'll know because it has a very distinct texture. Um, but yeah, marking your clothes is really easy. You need to come up with a system though. Um, some people will get like little safety pens, um, uh-huh. you know, to distinguish browns from blacks and things like that. Um, and then she also just organizing. I've never and, uh, about. <laughs> organization. It is, it's huge. So, um, you know, like, your, like your cell phone and where you plug it in or where you lay it down, make sure it goes to the same place. Um, mm-hmm. and then even just around, you know, I don't know if you live in a house or apartment, but where you live, um, you know, make sure you don't leave your shoes in the middle of the floor. Like you actually put your shoes where they're supposed to go when you take them off. Um, yes. you know, just things like that, just being super organized and, um, you know, and I am not, I'm not OCD about it. You know, I definitely uh-huh. have worn, you know, black and brown, which I don't really care, but you're not supposed to wear those together, I guess. But I, and I tend to wear a lot of black. Like I, I, I do like today I have on actually a really bright flowery red dress, which is unusual for me, but it's an Uh honor of a friend who, who passed away. So, um, so I do have some fun clothes, but I tend to wear a lot of blacks and, um, because they go with anything and everything. Yeah. So yeah, and even in the ki- even in the kitchen, you know, um, make sure the salt is where the salt is. Supp- and you also do have to train your boyfriend, right? Because yeah, I mean, my husband, like I said, we've been together over thirty years, and he will still like put the salt and pepper somewhere where it's not supposed to go. And then, you know, um, I, I mean, we're not perfect, right? We're human, so right. The kitchen yeah. is the <laughs> one place that I am organized because the kitchen is my spot. That's my area. Um, And my boyfriend is, he's gotten really good at putting things back. Um, My stepdaughter recently moved in with us and I'm having to train her now to put things back (laughs) where you find them. And when you bring groceries in, don't just cram them wherever they fit. They have to be yeah. in a certain spot. If you want me to cook your dinner, you have to put stuff where it goes. <laughs> exactly. And you, and um, and th- they'll learn, too, if they mix the salt and flour up and those kinds of things, they'll, they'll figure it out. <laughs> but also, so a lot of the way I like to look at it, too, all of these skills that we have to refine because we are visually impaired, they're good skills for everybody to have. I yeah. mean, everybody should be tidy. Everybody you know, should be organized. It just makes your life. I mean, it's good mental health, you know, it's good for your mental health to be, you know, um, to be that way. So that's why I always try to look at accessibility is it's not just for me, it's everybody, you know, should, should learn these skills because it would be a, you know, a less stressful world. Um, you know, for everyone, you yeah. be looking for your keys and your phones and, oh my gosh, where are those shoes? Well, if you were organized and you put them where they're supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so that, I mean, it, 
you're already on the right track. Um, if you already have a, a one of your rooms down, which the kitchen is usually the hardest um, because there's so much that goes into the kitchen. And if you already have that down, Molly, you're going to be just fine. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> so Molly, what would be the one, like a, a takeaway that you want our listeners to walk away today with today's episode? I think that we should be striving to make everything more inclusive to everyone, not just to visually impaired people, but to everyone. Yeah. And it, like, it should not be so difficult to be blind and try to find an art exhibit that you can go to and enjoy. It, the world needs to be more inclusive. Yeah. And I think absolutely we can, if we can get people to really start practicing that, I think everything would be so much better for everyone. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I think you're starting it, right? Like they're in your own hometown, you know, maybe some of the, you know, museums and art galleries in your hometown, you're, you're, you're raising the bar for that. So I'm hoping Mm -hmm. that they will take notice and um, make their spaces more inclusive. And and you're right. You know, if they do, it's better for everybody, not just people with disabilities. It's, it just makes the world a better place for all of us. One thing I noticed with our first show was, you know, most of the people that came in were sighted, but they all loved being able to touch the stuff you know and it was kind of neat to watch them they would be real hesitant at first (laughs) and then once they realized (laughs) it was okay they they just thought it was great oh yeah and that and that proves your point right yeah i mean that that's proof you know and and i think too because usually museums and stuff they have like areas for children and Mm -hmm kids love that they kids want to touch everything they want to smell everything they want to taste everything see everything um and and that's how we absorb our surroundings and then why when we suddenly become adults that's all stripped away like i i don't i don't either i I am 39 years old and I am still as much of a child as my six-year-old nephew is. So Molly, I mean, if you, if, if, do you mind describing how you look? How I look? Yes, because your, your hair, just your whole being <laughs> is, um, it, 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 it's a light. It's, I wish everybody could see Molly because she's, she, you can't help but look at Molly and feel happy. Well, I know right now I am wearing light up unicorn headphones <laughs> um, and I have bright blue hair. Other than that, I have no clue what I'm wearing. I have a sweatshirt on uh, <laughs> and I have purple and green shoes. <laughs> so that's about all I can tell I you. Wanna know, I want to know where you got your headphones because I've never seen uh, my boyfriend like got that. it for me for Christmas. I have no, I'm sure he ordered oh. them from Amazon. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm going to ask my my work if I can have those because they're much much more pizzazzy than what I have on. <laughs> I mean, everybody should have light up unicorn headphones. 
Absolutely. Everybody. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Well, Molly, this has been such a treat. It's been, you, you've been a, a, you know, a star in my day today. Um, I, I love chatting and I know this is not the end of our, our conversation. Um, we will continue to connect um, because um, I definitely want to connect you with some resources and services that are out there that um, that I think will, yeah, that will help great. build what you're build what you are already doing. So that's really exciting. So, all right. Well, everybody out there, thank you so much um, for you know, dropping into Aftersight week after week. Our audience is growing. We're all around the world and it's just so beautiful getting all of your comments and everything. So thank you for supporting this platform. And if you or or, or somebody you know has a story that, um, that you would like to share, don't hesitate. Just go to our website and you'll find the form that you can just fill out and submit it. And it's our website is aincolorado.org. And um, yeah, just reach out to us. We've had some amazing people like Molly on. And um, you will be hearing more about Molly. If you follow us on our social media, you you go to our website, you're going to be hearing lots and lots about Molly. Um, cause she's going to conquer the world. <laughs> I hope so. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, you, you have a good start. You have a good start. So remember everybody out there, you know, be kind to yourself and try to find a way to be kind to somebody else because it's good for your soul. Again, Molly, thank you so much for being part of this journey with us. And I can't wait to see you know, the next steps that you do. And I know you're going to be a, a huge success. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this. This has been very good. Great. Awesome. Awesome. All right, everybody. Until next week.